Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey, everybody. Jessica Plotchek here, in for Olivia Allen Price. You're listening to Bay Curious, where we answer listener questions about the Bay Area. But today, we're starting in my hometown, Seattle, which seems to have the Bay Area beat on at least one count. We sell roughly, in terms of weight, around 2,000 pounds of seafood per day. And that is an average. Tahoe Kakutani has been selling seafood at Pike Place Fish Market in Seattle for 16 years. He and his co-workers literally throw whole fish to each other, chanting while onlookers stare with their phones at the ready. Kakutani says most everything he sells at the market comes from the waters off Washington or Alaska, and that's important to his customers. There has long been a very close relationship to food where it comes from and the dinner table, particularly in the Northwest. As a child of the PNW, I know how to collect clams. My favorite tourist spot is a fish ladder. And goodness gracious, I have eaten at some stellar seafood spots. And I'm not alone. This week's question asker, Ryan Raffay, feels similarly about seafood culture in Vancouver. And every day was like an adventure, which is creativity. And it was like, this is amazing. And so you start doing that at home and you start cooking that way. And then you can't go back. Ryan moved from Vancouver to the Bay Area a few years ago, and he was so excited about the seafood here, he rented a boat to go fishing. You get rock cod and you get halibut and you get all these great things. But while Northern California's coastline may offer up a bounty, Ryan doesn't see enough of the local catch on local menus. People need to know because they listen to me and they're like, oh, you're just crazy. <laughs> you know? And I just feel like if they tasted it, they would appreciate it. Don't get me wrong, there are amazing local spots, and seafood is a major part of the culture and cuisine of several communities in the region, but it just doesn't seem to be as big a deal overall as it should be, as I feel it is in Seattle, as Ryan feels it is in Vancouver. I didn't understand why seafood was the way it was in the Bay Area. Same, Ryan. Same. This week on Bay Curious, we dive in on why Bay Area seafood seems to not really be a big thing. Don't swim away. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. We paired our question asker, Ryan, with our own Ryan Levy and sent the two Ryans to the heart of San Francisco's seafood industry, Pier 45 at Fisherman's Wharf. This is the the two-by-sea warehouse, and we start most days at two in the morning, some days at midnight. Kenny Belov shows us around two-by-sea, his seafood distribution warehouse. So it's a chili pepper rockfish caught by Steve Fitz on uh, fishing vessel Mr. Morgan. All around us, people are processing fresh-off-the-boat seafood and packing it up to be sent to restaurants all over the Bay Area. Filleting, scaling, gilling, gutting. All here, here, yeah. Two by Sea and Fish Restaurant in Sausalito, which Belov also runs, are all about sustainable seafood that can be traced all the way back to the boat it was caught on. And to me, that's what makes food taste better. It's not just food on a plate. It's the story of the men and women who work so hard to get those ingredients. As a seafood lover, our question asker, Ryan Raffe, is like a kid in a candy shop. This is the kind of seafood operation he was expecting when he moved here. We head upstairs to Belov's office, where Ryan asks him why all seafood in the Bay Area isn't like this. I find it fascinating because I think people here, at least in my own experience, care a lot more about the produce and, you know, where the strawberry comes from and where it was grown and so much care and attention to how artichokes taste and how olives taste. But it seems like none of that goes over to seafood. Belov says a lot of it has to do with what else? Money. How expensive it is to stay in business in the Bay Area means that all of us who are in business are trying to find ways to cut costs. And we are cutting costs in the ingredients that we are using. They have to deal with high rents and high salaries. Margins are tight. And Belov says buying off the boat from a local fisherman can be hit or miss. Boat comes in. They had a bad trip. They've got less fish. The price goes up. The price goes down. That's a lot more volatile than buying something like farm-raised Atlantic salmon. The price point on those fish rarely changes. It's going to be $10 a pound a day. It's going to be $10 a pound in two weeks. It's going to be available. I don't have to think about it. I create that salmon dish on my menu, and boom, I'm off to the races. But we can't put this all on the restaurants. We, the consumers, are part of the equation, too. It seems like when it comes to seafood, we just don't want to pay a lot for it. Belov says this is one of the big differences between consumers in the Bay Area and those in the Pacific Northwest. The day Ryan and I visited, Belov's team was packing boxes of wild-caught California salmon to send up to Seattle. The Pacific Northwest just seems to care that much more, where they will not tolerate anything but wild salmon. Where here, I don't know what's going on with our consumers. They seem to be okay with farm salmon because it's cheaper. And it's not just salmon. California fishing boats are also bringing in things like crab, spiny lobster, black cod. But 
those uh, get really, really high prices over in the Asian markets. This is Jana Hennig. So the majority of that gets exported because, you know, Hong Kong, Japan, China, they pay really good money for it, more than uh, a Californian consumer would. Hennig is the executive director of Positively Groundfish, a nonprofit that promotes fish like Pacific cod and rockfish that are caught on the West Coast. She says it's not just that we're not willing to pay for local seafood. Most people just don't know what is even a local species here in California, right? Can you name even three local seafood species that aren't crab or salmon? I certainly couldn't before reporting this story. But now I know that our waters are teeming with things like halibut, herring, mackerel, sea bass, and squid, to name just a few. And a lot of the fish Hennig works with, like sole and lingcod, they're actually pretty cheap. But she says chefs are still wary of serving them because they don't know if we'll want to order them. If more people actually went to restaurants and said, hey, do you have any local seafood? You know, do you, do you ever serve rockfish or something? They'd be far more inclined to actually put it on the menu. But there's still another piece to this seafood situation, one that took me right to the source. You ready for the basket? I'm ready for you. Are you ready for me? Mike Hudson is offloading dozens of Chinook, or king salmon, at Pillar Point Harbor in Half Moon Bay. They're all beautiful. He puts the fish into a big metal bin that then gets hoisted up onto the dock to get weighed. So an average weight of just over nine pounds, nine point two pounds. This was an unexpected bounty for Hudson. A few days earlier, he had been just driving his boat back to Berkeley to wait out a spell of bad weather. On the way, we found the fish, so I ended up with 46 nice fish in the box, and uh, life's good again. Hudson's been a commercial fisherman for decades, and a lot has changed in that time. The number of fish that we can actually catch has gone way down. He's seen some great salmon seasons in his years out on the water. So in those years, we always had seasons of a million fish, 500, 700,000, a million fish, a million plus fish. But then things took a turn. Years of water diversions and damming the rivers where salmon live, plus the recent drought, hit the fishery hard. 2008 to 2010, um, our fishery was totally shut down. And then we had seasons where we were only allowed to fish for a few weeks instead of five and a half months. With the supply dramatically reduced, prices shot through the roof. Now today, California Chinook salmon runs have mostly stabilized, but fishing seasons are carefully managed, and prices are still high, over $20 a pound. People used to come to our farmer's markets and, and buy two pounds of salmon or four pounds of salmon for their family for the entire week, right? Now the same people come and they buy a half a pound. And even though many salmon runs have come back, the people who used to catch them haven't. In the 80s, we used to have 5,000 uh, salmon trawlers here in California. Now we're down to less than 1,000. And out of these 1,000, uh, there's only about, I, I would say, less than 100 full-time fishermen. Hudson says the youngest people in the fleet are in their 40s and 50s, and there aren't a lot of new folks signing up to take their place. If you're a young guy, you know, 30 years old or so, and you want to, you know, make something out of yourself, you'd probably rather buy a house than a $150,000 boat or something like that, right? So where does all of this leave someone like Ryan Raffe, our question asker, who just wants to see more variety and excitement in Bay Area seafood? He looks to Kenny Belloff for the answer back at the 2 by Sea warehouse at Fisherman's Wharf. What do you think can help make people aware of it and start to care? Because I think they care about the local, but not when it comes to seafood. What's going to change that is more and more chefs caring. 
it is about giving chefs and home chefs access to the products that we're discussing in this conversation. Once they get the access, then they can use their talents to get us all to start eating those, those products that we should be eating. In other words, if we want more local and sustainable seafood, we've got to learn about what's out there and then ask for it. If you want to learn more about local seafood right away, reporter Ryan Levy has put together a whole bunch of information, including lists of local species, when they're in season, and where you can find them. Click the link in our show notes or go to baycurious.org. Thanks to question asker Ryan Raffay for asking this week's question and to Ryan Levy for reporting the story. This was Ryan Levy's last episode with Bay Curious because he is moving to Washington, D.C., and we will miss him a lot. Here's a few words from the team. Hey, it's Maggie Galloway, the Bay Curious intern. I know we only overlapped a month, but you were such an incredible teacher and so patient answering my many, many questions. Hey, Ryan, it's Susie. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being one of the most sweetest, kindest, just most productive people I've ever worked with. And it's just been a joy to see you grow from an intern to the all-around all-star producer that you are today. And I'm happy that you're baking. I hope you continue to do that. And I look forward to you becoming my boss one day. I know you're going to do great things. We're going to miss you. Ryan, thank you for letting me use all your silverware, for always bringing us treats, and for your great book recommendations. And for being the most helpful, productive, kind, smart coworker I could ask for. You're the absolute best, and good luck out there. Hey, Ryan, it's Olivia. I'm going to miss so many things about working with you. I will never forget that time that we were recording tracks in Studio D. It's the teensiest, tiniest studio here at KQED, and I was really sick. There's no air in here. <laughs> we I'm breathed sick. Out most There's of no it. air. In here. I was like, I'm about to be sick next week, so you might have to cut this. <laughs> it's only like carbon dioxide. But the whole time, we just couldn't stop laughing. It took forever to get what we needed done. And the name actually pisses him off. <laughs> I was fine. That was her. <laughs> I need a tissue. <laughs> I'm sick. Cut me a break. It was probably our most inefficient trekking session ever, but it's one that will always put a smile on my face when I remember it. Good luck with what comes next. We will dearly miss our sports correspondent. Senior sports correspondent. Hi, Big Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.com. 
podcastsnetwork.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.